All right, guys, welcome to All Our Friends Are Brainwashed. Um, I'm your co-host, Stevie. We got Julian. Hello. I brought my friend Eric in, and he hooked us up with the surprise guest that we gave you guys a teaser for earlier. Um, we got Chrissy Parrish on. She is the keeper of stories, is what you call yourself, right, Chrissy? Yeah, it's what I say. All right. <laughs> so we're doing a paranormal investigation. So um, the reason we brought Christy on is she's worked with all kinds of um, people with investigations, right, Chrissy? And you've been doing this for how long? 20 years. 20 years. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me how you got into this stuff. Well, um, my journey as a paranormal investigator started with the search for answers um, I had actually been experiencing a very severe haunting in my own home, and it had affected my family members, my husband at the time, and my stepdaughter at the time. And we had asked for several teams to come give us some advice to help us, but uh, at the end of their investigations, we were never really making any headway. We never had any information given to us on what we could do to possibly fix the situation that was going on within my house. So I kind of took the bull by the horns and I started to learn and read as much as I could to try to understand the occurrences within my home. And uh, then I kind of started to think outside the box. And then instead of being afraid of it, I tried to make a connection with it mm -hmm. to understand it even further. And in that, that kind of spiraled into helping other families along the way. And that kind of landed me where I am today. So what was the first team that you ever put together and how did you how did you get to that point? Um, I put together a team called Spectral Forces, mm -hmm. Paranormal Research Team, and I did that in the New England area. Uh, I felt like I needed to be around others and I needed to come up with something that kind of separated us from all the paranormal teams out there. I needed unique personalities. I needed unique gifts. Uh, different thought processes. So I had spoken with a uh, radio host that I know. His name is Tim Weisberg. And I said, hey, I'm new to the area. Are there any teams looking for any kind of members up here? And everybody would just shut the door in your face. Just no, no, no. We've got enough. He said, but Christy, why don't you just start your own? Yeah. And I was like, huh. <laughs> so I did. And I started to bring on uh, at least three or four members, and we worked very vigorously the first three or four years on that and <clears throat> traveled to New York, Pennsylvania, different places uh, to experience all kinds of different hauntings and uh, some famous, some not, a lot of private cases, which I really love to do. Um, and then I had to move back to Tennessee from New England when my dad was sick. And uh, while I was here, I had been talking with the TAPS home team here, uh, led by Sherry Gore, and started to work a lot at Ripavilla Plantation, mm -hmm. um, the <clears throat> Anthonym. Mm -hmm. You know, I went there one night to investigate. Uh, it was like the dinner with the dead or something like that. I mm -hmm. think it's the event. And then they invited me, the TAPS team invited me back the next night as a special awesome. guest. Um, great people. We went to Octagon Hall with them. And I thought, you know what? Maybe if I did it in the North, I can do it in the South. Yeah. And I think it was at Ripa Villa where I actually met Eric Minkey for the first time yeah. um, when we were investigating there. And I thought, let's do this. Let's start Spectral Forces 
paranormal research team south. So I had north and I had the southern team. Wow. Finally. And so I was like, whole East Coast. Yeah. And, like, hey. and you're well known. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. Is there, is it a big field? For paranormal, yeah. it's huge. Really? It's everywhere. See, I would never think that it was. I look at it as like landscaping businesses. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta you gotta know what you're doing and you can have people that show up day by day that are going to try to do it they see it on tv and they go oh i can do that it's not what you see on tv i tell that people that time and time again it's not what you see on tv because it takes time a lot of times they'll shoot three or four days to yeah. get what they get mm-hmm. in a 30 minute episode but until you live it it's a totally different situation because your your body reacts totally different being there and it does watch it on TV. Yeah. It does. It yeah. it takes a when you step into a haunted location and every location is different. No two hauntings are alike. Hmm. You're dealing with individuals <clears throat> who have different personalities or at different time periods, different layers. And so you have to approach each one as a unique story. Yeah. And you have to approach it with respect for that location. Um I worry sometimes because people like to go to places where there's tragedy and all these bad things happen to people. And with that, you can open yourself up to the, the horrible attachments that can happen to you. Right. Because these spirits and energies are looking for some hope. You know, they, they get berated by the negative questions and they get hammered and pushed and pushed. They were pushed around in life. Mm-hmm. And now they can't even rest mm-hmm. because they're being pushed around even more. So they're looking for that glimmer of hope. And I worry for people sometimes that just haphazardly go into these places without taking that sort of thing in consideration. You, you got to know your history. You got you to look into the location. Yes. You got to, you can't just, like she said, you can't just walk into a location and just, because you don't know what you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. That's why you told me earlier, you said history that History really is the most important, important part. And that's what yes. paranormal <laughs> investigation is important to me is, preserving these locations we go to ripa villa we go to elm springs we go to bedford forest home you know learning the history is because it's not taught in school anymore mm-hmm. you have to do the work yourself you have to go do the research go on these locations and know who you're talking to mm-hmm. know what you're dealing with instead of just walking into a location like it's a haunted house it's not it's not like that then you're giving respect to the spirits that are in that location mm-hmm. because you're asking the right questions you're our goal is to get the feedback. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not, like I said, it's not what you see on TV. It's definitely way different. It's a lot more work than people initially see. So, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are involved in these TV shows yeah. that you may have a personality. Like you said, you find these personalities that can do the location, but you don't, there's a whole lot of legwork that goes into that location before there are people even walk into it. So have you ever gone into a location, having interviewed the resident, gone into the location, the resident told you something about the place that made you feel like it was okay to go in. And once you went in, you realized it was totally different from what they made you expect. They will lie to you. (laughs) So why is that? Yeah. To get you in there. Because if they're legitimately having problems, this is a lady we had in Mount Pleasant. Um, We interviewed her. Everything seemed good. Um, Misty and I went into the location. It was my team member at the time, Special Forces. We go into the location, and it was totally different. 
we had bad, there was bad mojo in that property. And it didn't help that the homeowner was totally lying to us the whole time. We, and it was, we actually backed away from that because we couldn't find any kind of, we had a dead end on the research. Hmm. Cause you got multiple stories and if we can't piece it together, it's, it's we're not helping nobody. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I had a, a private case up in Massachusetts um, in a town called Warham where this lady had reached out to my friend Tim Weisberg at Spooky South Coast Entertainment. And um, she was like, it's affecting my, my seven-year-old boy. You know, he can't sleep at night. He's terrified. And, you know, when children are involved, you know, number one, they're, they need you to get in there and kind of help settle whatever it is that's going on around them. Yeah, she painted this terrible picture of all these things that was going on. And uh, so he calls me up because he was like, I'm going to recommend Christy go in with her group because I trust her. And so we set up the appointment. We go in, we do the initial interview with the lady and the son. And he did. He seemed kind of troubled during the interview part of it. And I spent time with the son because I wanted to get him away from the mother. Yeah. Because I had this feeling that part of this was her feeding this information to her son. So when I got hmm. the sun away and I walked away with the sun, I said, I need to just go up into the space. You guys can sit at the base of the stairs, but I just want to go upstairs with, I'm not going to say his name, your son, mm -hmm. and we're going to have him just kind of walk me through what he experiences. And so um, <clears throat> he did. He walked me into the attic space that was beyond the closet where the man kept scratching at the door in the middle of the night. And he showed me how he would lay in bed and how he could feel like the figures rose up out of the floor. And so we worked on this case for a while. I'm going to say we give it a shot. We give it a good month, you know, off and on, off and on visits, interviews, follow ups and things like that. Um, but every time that we would show up, someone else from the neighborhood would be over there. And I was like, this really just feels like. This is a sideshow act mm -hmm. for them. You run okay. into that. And so it really frustrated me yeah. to no end. And then finally, I just was like, you know what? We've taken this as far as we can take it. And she says, well, can we get a TV show out of it? And I was like, there's nothing here that would warrant that. <laughs> no. We're not able to document the voices that you're talking about. You know, we're not seeing the activity happening. And I caught them in a couple of lies mm -hmm. where they would say something one visit. And then all of a sudden they would backtrack and say something different the next, mm. next visit. And it was just so they could have us come over and they could bring other people over. So, oh, here's the paranormal investigators. It's not a joke. It's not a sideshow. No. And I think as soon as people kind of wake up to that fact, mm -hmm. and I think teens really need to take that into consideration mm -hmm. when they're going out into people's private spaces. This is their sanctum. This is our safe place. Mm -hmm. You go in and you don't know what you're doing. You could really mess things up for people. Yes. And there's a very serious yes. message in that. It happens often. And that hurts <clears throat> the field as a whole. It's hard enough for the field to go into historic locations because the yahoos out there yes. are messing it up for everybody. You need to have stamina you need to have a background a good background with this you need to be well educated in what your equipment does you need to have an understanding in parapsychology 
you need to have an understanding in people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you need to ask the right questions. You know, are there medications being used at this time? You've got to understand all these factors that can influence the people that are within that location. And then you've got to be willing to do the history, mm-hmm. the research. This is not an easy field. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. It is Can't imagine a lot of work. Be. A lot of work. So with the spirits, you kind of have to like approach them when you say you got to ask the right questions, Mm -hmm. like with the spirits, you kind of have to approach them like you would almost like a a person with, with issues or a sensitive child or something. You got to be able to coax them into being comfortable with you. Right. Yeah. uh, Coax, I guess is a good word. Um, I think that with every location that we go in order to open up communication, you have to have, you have to establish a certain line of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you don't want to go into an older style haunt where the activity might be someone from the 1800s and talk about things in the 21st century to them because yes. they're not going to understand it. And you don't want to talk down to them like they can't think or understand, but you kind of have to learn how to kind of explain what's going on, kind of explain what you're holding, explain what it does, mm-hmm. explain why we need it. You know, because we're lacking, maybe, mm-hmm. and we can't necessarily see or hear them. So this helps us a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I guess coax is a good word for it, but it's also kind of allowing them to be talked to like an intellectual. Respect. Respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in turn, over time, they'll recognize you and know that you're not here to hurt them. Yeah. Nothing bringing to the table is going to hurt them, but it's just learning to get to know each other. Because they're bored, you would say. I think some of them really are. <laughs> and you coming in there gives them, hey. It gives you, them a voice. If you give them respect and you're nice and you talk yeah. to them and they can come and say something back. They can. And they can tell you uh, the, the true story. And history, we will study history. We will study records. We will study what's written, like the Oliver House. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben Franklin being there. Yes. But is that the whole story? Yes. No. It's not. <laughs> there are so many other little factors factors that never got expressed because the history we read is the perspective of the person that wrote it. Correct. There's mm-hmm. other sides to everything. The Revolutionary War, it was the Sons of Liberty and it was the Tories. You hear 99% of the time the side of the Sons of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's what I read. But what about those other people? What were they? Who were they? Yeah. How were they? Were they mean? Were they just so hoity-toity that they didn't have any care in the world? Mm -hmm. Well, no. They were uh, people who were born into a certain belief that they were just people. Mm. You know, they would do nice things for others. Yes, they had a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot, yeah. (laughs) But they didn't necessarily use that to cause harm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's part of um, any investigation uh, that you you start. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. No, no. I is mean, you have to just kind of understand their world. It helps too to trigger objects. You'll see sometimes we'll actually dress in period outfits yes. to make them feel more comfortable. Um, like Elm Springs, we dressed in uh, Civil War outfits. We, did. we actually did, um, and you since tends to me that they get a little more comfortable with that. I was wondering uh, about that. Because we've actually heard, you know, cannons, gunfire, um, conversation. Drums. You hear all kinds of different things from that period of time. We just have to listen and 
be open to it. But like mm-hmm. you said, research is your number one because without that, you're not having that respect. You could be just somebody. I mean, how would you feel if somebody walks in your house right now? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it would feel like. I mean, especially in this, our time period is way different than theirs. So we do, we do. There's a ton of research that goes into, we did hours and hours of research in Elm Springs. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, it's very interesting because it's stuff they're not going to teach you in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By us doing Elm Springs, I mean, Elm Springs became our home. I mean, we, were, we spent hours and hours and hours and hours in there. Stayed at night multiple times, stayed on the grounds, camped on the grounds. But the more you do a location that you have the history and you have the knowledge of, the more you're going to get. It's like River Villa. You, you, you got to go on respect. And we spent multiple, her and I even went there several times just on our own. Mm-hmm. You, you got to spend time on the grounds. It's like Chuck. You know, it just. Yeah, they loved him. He, every morning he'd walk into that place, he would say hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know what? It was a welcoming place. It was bright. You could feel mm-hmm. the energy. It was good. It was a good yeah, energy. It was. But if you're going to, like I said, it's just like walking into somebody's house and just, you wouldn't like that. Mm-mm. Nobody would like that. But that's why, like I said, I can't even begin to tell you how many hours she spends on research before she even goes into a location. And the interviews are important. And we've been coaxed. Yeah. But I mean, like Stevie and I, what we do, you, you, you learn people. The longer you're in that business, you learn people. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean you can't learn these people. You, you, you'll, right. you'll have the interview. Right. Yeah. Now I have a question. Um, so with the house that you own and the places that you've been in at Rapavilla, you were saying that you meet these in, these entities who are who live there, who have their personalities. Who are some that you've you've read about, but they can turn out to be completely different. Oh, you know, I've never really to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We even did Elm Springs. I've had them tell me my name. Wow. You know, we would sit down in the men's parlor. We'd have just a tri-field meter. And the tri-field meter would go off. We'd ask questions, and I'd get stuff like, oh, Eric can help. Like, clear as day. Like, these people don't. But just because I presented myself, you know, and they know that we're there to help or maybe answer a question or get. Did you tell them your name? Is that what well, they you, knew? We always name? introduce ourselves. Okay. okay. So if you're doing a recording, say, hey, this is Eric or this is Christy. You know, you never leave yourself open to where they're guessing. You know, we don't we don't know that world. But to make yourself more presentable and welcome, you're going to get way more out of it than going in there and try to stir a pot. Yeah. Now, what is a tri-field meter? For the, for the followers and the fans who are on here who are not familiar to some of the gadgets you guys use, um, what are a few? Well, a tri-field meter is... That was my favorite tool. I would yeah, stick tri-field meters. I'd have three of them. I'd stick them up and down the stairs. Tri-field meters up. Anytime there's an energy that's near electromagnetic, you can, you can set the dial to electromagnetic energy. We do a natural energy. So you can set that dial to a natural energy. So anything that's Move. getting clear, let's say this is your phone. Uh-huh. Anything that would get within a certain field of this would set that meter and that dial would go to a certain percent. That's moving. Of energy. That's like. But you said it at a natural energy. Uh-huh. You're not picking up anything that's electromagnetic. You know, you're not getting. Uh-huh. You're not getting cell phones. You're not getting yeah. Wi-Fi. You're not getting. You're getting a natural energy. Energy. Okay. We would stick those things in the stairs. What? What? Every four stairs, we'd stick it. You can literally hear mm-hmm. 
the meter move as that energy would move down the stairs. That's amazing. I used uh, same thing. My dad, he would use the trifield more than anything because when that trifield goes off, you know it's a true energy. It's not just some random phantom energy that's just. Yeah. It's not. Again, it's not like I said, it's not Wi-Fi. It's not. It's nothing. It's natural. We're setting it to human. Correct. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. How do you spirits give off an energy? Yeah, that's cool. How do you even make something to where you can get Frequency. it to to measure that? Well, I mean, with the trifield meter, it's got multiple different types of settings. Yeah, so settings it's also time. looking for radio waves, mm -hmm. and it's looking for, for electromagnetic radio. Yeah, you get a natural, um, and then there's an environmental. I think. Yeah, I like. He loves the trifield meter. I <laughs> really enjoy yes. equipment. I love to use what we call REM pods which is an electromagnetic field detector. And I have several different types mm. that I use. Um, I have the original round uh, disc, and it also has a pressure sensor on the front of it. So when an energy is in the area, you have a probability of electromagnetic, getting a top blob, <laughs> electromagnetic field, people. <laughs> and also, um, there's a second type of energy that gets emitted, and that's called uh, triboelectric, which is hmm. static charge. That's hmm. when the temperature drops okay. and it hits the warm air mass. That's wild. And mm -hmm. when that happens, we have certain tools like a periscope 360 that's able to detect that in the direction and how far exactly it is from that instrument indicated by the color on the instrument. Okay. Within five feet, it's red. It's a fascinating it's, tool. You know, it and it traces the movement of the energies as they walk around it or by it. And it's just, um, but REM pods, and I think the second would probably be the periscope 360. So, Trifield to me is just my thing. I'm, I love REM pods. No sphere boxes? <laughs> uh, See, I had done a seance <laughs> with uh, Susie Wright and we she did like a halloween thing mm -hmm. before they had departed from the house that they lived in forever so it was like <clears> their family and stuff that still you know had passed and lived in the house and things so they were doing like a goodbye seance um and they had the there was a dude that does paranormal investigation stuff you would probably know him i cannot remember his name but he brought one of the things where they recorded it and you could hear them talking like he would play it back and you could hear them like responding to things that we were saying mm -hmm. to them or they would like say names or. So it's like an, an REVP recorder. Yeah. Was it a small or a bigger box? I think it was a smaller box. So they make a couple of different kinds. They make the actual audio recorders to where you can record oh. and it won't play back anything unless you actually have a response in there. You can sit there and record and record and record. A lot of times when you watch shows uh, like Kindred Spirits mm -hmm. and some of the others, they'll actually use that because it cuts down on a lot of review time for them. Yeah. It's like really, you know, down one and done, you wow. know, kind of thing. Nice. Um, <laughs> there's helps. also another uh, box that's been designed. I'm going to just tell the name of the company that I really appreciate out there. Yeah, please. And this guy. I think he's just the sweetest person ever. It's Paranologies. Paranologies. He custom builds every piece of equipment that's actually wow. ordered. He doesn't have them pre-shelved and sitting around waiting. He makes them one at a time. So I recommend to most people, if you're looking to purchase equipment, go to the Paranologies website and kind of check out what he's got. He's got some amazing designs and builds out there Paranology. to give yeah. a try. How do we spell paranormalologies for everybody out there? It's a, oh, wow, on top of my head. Let's see. It's a P-A-R-A, 
N O L O G I E S dot com dot com and it should pull up. Fantastic! Yeah. So everyone can go and get themselves a little tool. I test every time he comes out with something new. I'll go out and I'll buy it and I'll give it a go. Wow! And try it, and that's one of the things that, <clears throat> like I was telling Eric, that was important with managing the Oliver House is when we give paranormal investigation, uh, when we open up public investigations, um, we bring all this equipment to the house and we let the people who are attending use the equipment and figure out what fits best for them. That's so cool. Yeah. That's um, amazing. So they can really learn. Mm -hmm. You can see a K2 meter, you know, it gives them a little excitement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lights light up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, whoa, oh, it's something here. I mean, it's legit. Really, you it is. It is. Um, Ovilus 5. That's another one. That's an actual dictionary of words. Uh, it catalogs everything. So keeps cool. it, it keeps a record cool. of it. You can actually have them draw on the screen of the Obelisk Five, so they can draw pictures. Oh um, there's a true-false function on there. Um, <laughs> they absolutely love it at places that we go to. Uh, it's easy for them to manipulate. We just quickly tell them how it works. It gives them a voice. If they'll say it loud enough and clear enough, it'll project it out for us to be able to hear and start having conversations. And they can draw it out. Mm -hmm. They can draw it. Do yes. you understand? That's amazing. I mean, if you get a line on it, at least it's, you know nope. you're getting some kind of response or a dot. I love that. What's the absolute essential equipment that you would never go into an investigation without? Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a stitch of anything that you put a battery in. All you need huh. is yourself and your senses. True. Because that's what Josh, your, your that's ears. what my friend and I do. We would go into places and we would just with your ears. psychically yes. read it. Don't say a word. Just kind of like breathe, relax, and just let your body lead you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Follow your instincts. Uh, whether you think you got abilities or not, everybody has instincts. Yeah. And that will steer you in the right direction every single time. Or it'll steer you away from a dangerous situation. So if you don't feel so good about it, <laughs> Trust in me. Yes. The last time I went to Ripa Villa, I could literally hear my guide saying the whole time, turn the car around, don't go. This was like a month ago. I told you not to. They were like, do not go, I turn the car around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're already halfway here. I was dragging my boyfriend along with me. I was like, you know, I don't want to be the person to be like, oh, well, we're almost already there. So let's just turn around and go right back home. So I was you like, no, nah, we're just going to do it. Yeah. And it, <laughs> you turned around. when we left, I was like, man, I feel dirty. I feel like I should not. I know I should have it's listened. Thick. I should not have gone. It was like, thick. It, yeah. It's not the same. And I told myself, I said, okay, the one place we're not going is the slave shack. We're not going down there. There's negative energy. We're not going. And what did we do? I let myself be drawn to it. We end up at the cemetery. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's right down there. Why don't I just go, you know, <laughs> you know, check it out and see if it's down there. And then we walk in like in the middle of it. And we're like looking in the rooms. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like the whole time I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. And I still it's just It's hard did it. not to, though. It, I could <laughs> feel it, like, calling. After I, I used to go yeah, all the time. And Chuck would let us come and tour whenever. We mm -hmm. didn't have to pay anything. Um, but yeah. we we would go all the time. And I would when I was away from it, it was like I would feel yes. it kind of pulling me back. Yes. Like, I could feel that energy, like, pulling me back from miles away. And I was like, what? Why? And it pulled you from miles away. It pulled me from the burnt down barn on the actual property where they had the cannons. I had I just moved to Spring Hill. I went to go to take my dog to a cool little park. And of course, it was that little park right there by the cannons. And when I drove past it, I was like, I have to go there. 
But you're the one this, that showed me the place. I was the one who showed you the place. It was this impulse. I was like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. So I went. And then to make a very long story short, I ended up going there and I had a soldier tell me in my mind, call the library. So I was like, all right, calling the library. I guess you own me. And then I called the library. And then the next thing was um, ask about Ripa Villa and what was on the land. I was like, all right, cool. What was on the land of Ripa Villa? They said, oh, it's a war zone. Immediately, I have a, I have a long experience. Yes, yes Ripa Villa. Um, so I think you were there the night. That was the very first night I actually investigated because I was invited by uh, Joe Chin. Yeah, from Joe. Mm-hmm. And Keith Ramsey. Mm-hmm. That was the very first wow, night that I actually heard Cayman um, Fire. Yeah, and I think that was also the night I think it was that night that it kind of got foggy yes. a little bit yes. to the side. And so I had to get some air and I went outside yep. and I kept telling you something doesn't feel right. And I felt like you were surrounded. Uh, yeah, I did. And so I was right behind. There's like, um, I don't know if it's still there, but it was at the time. Uh, you go to the back of the house and then there's this barn and then there's this little schoolhouse. Schoolhouse is still there, right? I think so. All right, guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's what we use to make ours, so let me explain. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast, guys, with no minimum listenership. It's awesome. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. So we were talking about the schoolhouse, Ripa Vilda. Um, right, right. Christy and I both have been in there multiple times. Uh, we were the group NPR um i seen a lot of balls of energy of light mm-hmm. in there that that's what i seen um heard anything in there per se yeah. but that was the very first place i ever seen like balls of energy like light mm-hmm. like not fireflies or anything like that it was a ball of light mm-hmm. i've it never is, seen uh, it it's like legitimate yeah, I mean, it's that's the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. And now, from my understanding, that was brought to that property. That's not a part of that property. No. So, so is that like the portal thing that Chuck was talking and about? And it could be. See, was... Chuck really never mentioned anything to me about portals. But as as the more Chuck worked there, the more he got into the paranormal. Yeah. Did he get drained from it? It can wear on you. Because yeah. the last time I saw him, he looked rough. And it could be personal life. Okay. I mean, I don't know, but... Um, like you said, the energy got bad there. Yeah. Bad. There's no telling what he's doing or what happened. or It could be somebody coming in. That's why she, she tells you all the time. She's like, you got to be careful with what you're following. Because mm-hmm. you can get attacked. We, we've been behind other paranormal groups. And we'll come in. We'll Her and I will do a location multiple times. And we'll go in another time. And it's totally different. Energy is different because you don't know who you're following. But yeah. when, then when we find out who we're following... Oh, it makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so, yeah, with the schoolhouse and the fog and all that stuff at Ripley Village, yes. it's a great place. I actually saw, saw with my eyes, this group of soldiers. 
Yes, I remember. That was that. coming up the field. You could hear them. Yeah, marching. Yeah, and they were just just that. coming through the field through that fog, and they just disappeared as they got right to that fog. You should have seen her face. It was just. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yes, <laughs> did you both yes. see it at the same time? I, I, was, I awesome. didn't see it, but she did. But I was like, I saw what I saw, and I don't have to make you believe it. Yeah, no, I believe you. But I felt wrong, something wrong about that area, and I guess that's when they were marching up. It was, was I'm sure it was residual in nature. Right. They had no idea. But the I energy was there. was there. Was that at the house, or it was, was that at the, the fields? Or in between right the annex behind. and the house. Yeah, right behind the house. There's an empty Okay. Street. So you got the schoolhouse, the barn. And the annex was yes, in the back. Oh, so man. it was in between that. Wow. I saw mine where the cannon was placed. I actually saw a tall general about six feet. And then my friends and I went kind of where the monument is. And you can read. If you go back there on the bush line, we were there at 2 a.m. And no dogs barking. Immediately when we start walking on the property, all dogs in the neighborhood lose their mind. They're the yes. house. everywhere and you can Business. hear it. and then i could picture because i know how a deer i used to hunt so i know how deer sound and snakes and all sorts of animals sound through the woods i could hear and not only picture the way the men were holding their rifles the way they were crouching on the ground and, and slipping and sliding and trying to be as calm as possible because you could hear like Crick and crick, like I don't know, leaves just rustling, rustling. But it wasn't <laughs> an animal; it was a human. It had to be at least like a hundred, two hundred pounds, a hundred and eighty pounds, okay. and you could picture it in your head, and it would stop. The dogs would stop, mm -hmm. and then brrr, and then the dogs would go again. That's wild. It was in a very active area. Something chased me, went zoop, and I and when I do that, when the demonic energies do come because of the past experience I had at Ripple Villa, where an ex of mine got scratch marks all over her and i went to check and i said i don't know what to do but ever since that whenever demonic energies come to me i picture myself my spirit go up and then i jump at it and i say i'm not scared i look at it this way too it may not be necessarily demonic mm -hmm. it could be a warning yeah i mean we've we've had it to where even misty was there with us at the river villa at the annex mm -hmm. to where she was not feeling good and she felt off and it wasn't Two seconds after that, something like charged. Yeah, but it, I don't feel it was mm. bad. I just it felt to me like it was a warning. Like yeah. you need to just, mm. you're in my area, you need to back up. I don't. Yeah. I didn't feel anything bad about it. But I mean, just I mean, I don't think necessarily when they charge you like that. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily bad. Have you ever it. had them hurt anybody? I've been I've been hurt yeah. at that property. Um, what at the Alvarez? Um, or anywhere, anywhere. Like in my personal home, wow. when I first started, I got hit. I got slapped across the face. I had that. I got pushed off ladders. I got pushed downstairs. Um, Did it feel like an actual person slapping? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It was. Um, yeah. I was like uh, in. I literally had drawn a hot bath, and I had uh, the water was really really hot. So I had put my feet in and kind of gradually eased down into the water, and I was kind of huddled up around my knees right there while the water cooled a little bit, and I felt this um, really like cold breeze on the side of my face so i turned because we had those um those old uh, iron grates you know where the air comes through and every time it would do it rattle mm -hmm. and i yeah. didn't hear any of that from the air conditioner so i turned just didn't think about it and when i turned my head and then i felt the back of a hand hit my head my face right here and it 
punched me across and it like spun my head around. Wow. Literally, I had a bruise from here to here. That's and insane. At the it. time, I was married. So, and I worked around a lot of guys uh, at the place that I worked, and they all were convinced that I was being abused. And I was like, this didn't happen the way you think it did. I can't tell you because you're going to think I'm nuts, but <laughs> yeah, trust me, that. it did not happen that way. So, um, yeah. And then I've still got a scar on my actual left leg where it kept pushing me down the different stairs in the house. And I, my natural inclination was to tuck my leg and it would scar up this leg. And if I didn't do that, then I would have fell over and probably broke my neck. Do you wow. still live there? <laughs> no, I'm out. I, is it the same place that mm -hmm. you were? Yeah, that place. That we moved me from. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? Like, is there something you could do to protect yourself from that physical contact? Yeah, what do you all or do even with those the, crazy places? Even the psychological and the well, spiritual. At the time when all this was happening to me, that's exactly why I had to do what I had to do. I had to get to the bottom of it. And I couldn't get the answers to help me figure out why these things were happening. Because it was getting physical. Yeah. Really terrifying. Uh, in some ways, but um, what I did learn is that you have to have this very strong mental resolve, you know, and you have to reason with the energies that are within your house that are doing this and say, all right, look, I understand you're here, but this is also my space. Mm -hmm. And if there's any hope at all for us to be able to figure out what it is that you need, and have me help you with whatever you need, then you have to stop hurting me. Mm -hmm. We have to live in peace. Show me a different way, but don't do this. I recognize you're here. Let's try it a different way. And this went on for a while <clears throat> where I just had to go every day mentally in there, in that house and live with them. And I lived alone for a long time after my divorce in there. But by that time, I was able to get it down to a level to where um, they weren't physically doing anything <laughs> to me. No. But <laughs> they were definitely, um, I'll just say that the police had to come there a few times. Goodness gracious. It was, wow. that, it was that crazy. And it was, yeah. Unsettling. It was wow. pretty terrifying. What's the absolute craziest experience you've had? so many <laughs> eric feel free to jump yeah, one, one yeah jump on. in there I, I've got let me one. think about this one. um when you guys want to talk about we, we were doing an investigation at elm springs it was a group of us and i actually um had a camera in my hand i had a video recorder i had you know a recorder just a digital recorder in my hand it was me another investigator in front of me we were getting ready to head upstairs up into the attic and i was in the parlor area i was coming down the hallway and I just happened to see a lady, like period dress, white collar, blue shirt, dress, dark hair, very well, very pretty. Just, but the only thing is she didn't have feet. Hmm. But she went, didn't acknowledge that I was there, went from the door into the parlor and I, I followed. The thing is I had everything I needed, but I couldn't, your, your mind does not, you still you can't interact with that it's just it's weird it's a weird feeling because you, you see it but your mind doesn't get it and she went into the other room and i followed and she was gone it was like 10 seconds mm. i mean full color i mean it was not like wow 
most people see things like black and white or to me, yeah, to me, it was residual mm-hmm. to me because I mean, she never acknowledged that I was in. There was just a period of time that I seen from one point A to point B and just gone. And that, that, I mean, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, to me, that's that was cool. I mean, it, it was a good feeling. It wasn't like it was peaceful, but it was just something that not everybody gets to see. Yeah. But I had everything I needed right there and I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> That's wild. But Elm Springs is a very, very beautiful property. It's got great history, but they don't allow investigations in there any longer. But we were fortunate enough to get mm-hmm. that opportunity to just spend many days in there and several investigations. But um, that place to me was very special. It was just, that was to be able to see that was just crazy. And it was like, I'm telling everybody I'm trying to talk and you just you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I go to so many different places, you know, through the year. I've been to, uh, can't tell you how many, but um, I think one experience that kind of stands out in my mind is at Waverly Hills uh, Sanitarium in Kentucky. Um, we, uh, we went on one of these uh, big public investigations, you know, and uh, we, the girl that I was there with, I had brought her down from New England and I surprised her with this. I called Waverly and I said, you says you're sold out. Can you make room for two more? Okay. So I got us in. <laughs> I was like, yay. <laughs> I did not realize what I had done. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was off the chain the entire night for us. Um, but it was at the tail end of the investigation, right before daylight. And the parking lot was just about empty. There was the team that actually headed up and they were in their command center. They didn't bother you really. They just kind of monitored you, you know, throughout the facility. Um, and then it came down to me and Cindy, yep, um, my teammate from New England. And uh, we were, I think it was the second floor and the building was kind of quiet. You could see the daylight kind of coming through, but it was still dark. And we were looking down the hallway because we kept hearing this rattling sound, like somebody was rattling a tin can around on the ground. And I said to her, I said, somebody else is in here. I thought everybody left. And she says, me too. And so so the first thing she does is go, hello, really loud. And I was like, oh, great. Now Mm -hmm. we're going to be murdered because they're going to probably take us out of here. You got to know this woman, yeah. That's right. (laughs) I was like, think, Cindy, think. That's what I told her next. I was like, we don't, we want to sneak up on her. I'm dead. (laughs) So She's all, hello. I know, it was echoing. I was like, well, here's great. That's great. Anyway, (laughs) so. We start, we keep hearing the rattling. It didn't stop. So we didn't scare them with a hello. I, I thought that. that we were safe there. So we're now, we're just going to be quiet. We're going to head down. Like, <laughs> Put my finger up to my mouth. Like, Don't talk, Cindy. And we ease down to the end of the hall. And as we get to the room where we're hearing the rattling, it's down uh, at the end of the hall to the right. There's an exit door straight ahead. And there's another room across the way. But we're hearing it over to the right. And we were like looking at each other. And I was like, it said easy, like under my breath, so nobody could hear. We kind of lean into the doorway I love it. <laughs> to look at it. And uh, what we saw was this person sitting Indian style 
on the ground and they had this yellow light. We had seen that yellow light flicker throughout the night. Wow. Um, but it's like a flashlight is what it looked like way. And they were doing something there on the ground and it was making that rattling sound. When we leaned in and we looked, I don't know if I guessed or she guessed, somebody guessed, it turned so quick. Oh my God. And it shot up through the ceiling. That's hilarious. And it rattled as it went. Wow. And I was like, where did it go? (laughs) And she says, it went out the window. I said, it went straight up, Cindy. So we go into the room and we're looking outside and we're up on the second floor. Nobody's going to jump out that window Uh from the second floor and make it and get out the other site. And we checked around the wall. There was no openings that they could have jumped through. I was like, Cindy, we just saw one. Yeah. <laughs> we saw an apparition. And what I find that is uh, right about that story is it wasn't just me that experienced this apparition. It was her. You both saw. We yes. both heard it. Very it didn't fine. get scared of us. And then it shoot, shut up. She ended up writing this in her uh, creative writing class in college. <laughs> about our story and her professor was like you really do the paranormal and she's like yes we do (laughs) you gotta be love she was but this is what they're a great group of people too Uh, frank cindy and frank cindy and frank yeah i loved working with them they were they were really good people great investigations sure yeah um in your time of experiencing a property seeing a property is there ever a time where you could have seen or have witnessed a skinwalker by chance? Do you know about that? Or are they where they change uh, yes, into be, a different form? Yes, because the I Oliver, personally haven't known. The Oliver House isn't at the back of behind in the woods over there. It's just a massive burial ground for the Native American, and that is some divine energy. That's different. That is to me, mm-hmm. a Native American energy will put me. Mm-hmm. It's Two interesting rest. that you say this about that skinwalker idea awesome. because um, I just had a conversation not long ago with a man about something very similar to that um, with the Wampanoag, who was the actual Indian tribe that actually lived on the land before the house was That's ever how built. That's you say the name. Wampanoag, yeah. Uh, the area was known as Muttuk. Muttuk. Muttuk, yeah. M-U-T-T-O-C-K. Um it was great for the Indians uh, there because they had the Namaskit River yes. that runs around it and it actually runs behind the property too. Even to this day, it kind of winds around the back of the Oliver State. But the deities inside of the uh, area or entities, we call them elementals for another term because what what they are is these energies that the Wampanoag actually had a relationship with. Uh, um, they kind of relied on each other to give guidance and support. When the Wampanoag found themselves into situations where they just needed advice or, or needed uh, direction, they would call upon these uh, energies of the land uh, to help with their problems. And they built this great relationship with them that stayed that way up until... <clears throat> the time of King Philip's war. Mm, Now, King Philip, um, he was actually born and raised on the estate, on those grounds. And then as he grew up, he uh, inherited, his name was Metacom, his Native American name. He was given the name of Philip by the English and his brother was given the name, his brother's name was Sachem. 
his brother was given the name of Alexander by the English. Mm-hmm. And they became educated and they were friendly with the pilgrims and everything and the English colonists at the time. But then there was change as Metacommon Sachem were growing up and there become this discord between the colonists and the Wampanoag tribe due to some uh, actions by the colonists against a few Native Americans. It mm-hmm. started this bickering amongst them and then it just grew into this really awful, terrible war. The grounds themselves uh, seen a lot of tragedy uh, when the boys were growing up because they lost about 3,000 plus people that uh, died on the grounds themselves yeah. uh, due to the smallpox mm. epidemic. And uh, I remember reading in some of my research, uh, this general that came through the area said that it was just covered with death and that there was not enough strong people left behind to bury the dead. So the dead lay there and they lay there. Wow. And eventually, what ended up happening is they would collect their bones and put them into a mass grave, which happens to be, uh, I think, a couple of spots maybe to the back. And I think there's also, according to town records, a uh, mass grave to the entrance of the driveway. Yeah, that's a lot. It's on a lot. On one property. Mm-hmm, on one property. Um, keep in mind that when it was purchased by the Oliver family, it was over 200 acres and over time that's been kind of split down so now the house sits on 55 acres wow. um the oliver hall that stood up on the hill that they burned yeah they burned it down but they burned it down um it was in 1778 okay it was sort of after the the war and everything had concluded and they had stripped everything out of it you know, it had gold leafing and stuff on the walls. And That's they, how they paid for the yeah, war. Yeah, they house. paid for the the war. <clears throat> when the Sons of Liberty came knocking, they, on the Oliver State, uh, in September of 1775, mm-hmm. it was a mob led by the Reverend Sylvanus Brown. And there was about 40 people, 40 men out there with him. And he gave uh, the residents there Dr. Peter Oliver Jr. and Sally Hutchinson uh, an ultimatum. And the ultimatum would be that they could leave with their safety with just the clothes on their back or it would be taken from them, this house. So Peter and Sally were alone at the time because their family had already evacuated to Boston. So they had no one else there to defend them. He did the only thing, and she did the only thing that they knew to do to keep their children safe, their two sons. So they left the house and all their belongings. To Canada, and then back to... They went to Nova Scotia. Okay. Yeah, and then eventually they went to England. Um, and uh, you got to keep in mind, this mm-hmm. was this is why history is so interesting, mm-hmm. and the personalities, and who you think. You would think that being a Tory and going to England, this would be great because <laughs> they believed in the crown, but the crown didn't believe in them. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of controversy. With yes, that. and so they weren't welcome necessarily mm-hmm. over in England with open arms. But it was they the only doing. place they could go to be safe. So they essentially had to kind of start over. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It makes me want to cry sometimes to yeah. think about it. <laughs> it's a lot that happened on it's, the property. It's a, it's a lot to... You know, um, 
think about, we ask for people to talk to us and we want to know their stories, but sometimes we go into these places and we get a story that we never in our wildest dreams would have ever thought would happen. How, what do you mean? The personalities of the people come out and they start to share their personal details, their sadness, their depression, mm. the feeling of longing to be lost, to feel like they don't have a safe haven. And that's a lot of pressure um, that I think we that work in the field, we really have to work hard to kind of make sure that we walk that line and very carefully when we're building these relationships and giving them these voices, because you say, how do you keep from having an attachment? How do you know with certainty that we don't attach yeah. to True. them as well? Cause they could like, I never it. even thought about yeah, Cause that. they could like it. And you could be, you know, I believe that when I go to paranormal places, I vibrate at such a high frequency mm -hmm. that things pay attention. I attract, I'm yeah. mage. I'm my, I think my background being gypsy and then having mage like, energy is that they see it and they like it and they're like hmm, he's kind of cool like when, when i went to ripa villa and i was at the um where the cannons were i played peekaboo with one of the with one of the ghosts mm -hmm. they were playing peekaboo with a gun they were had it over here on on their shoulder mm -hmm. they're propping it up and they were looking at me like they would if i was um uh, mm -hmm. i was coming up there and treading on them but i love that you tell me now because i i do love history but i love knowing now it's not silly to talk in your house or somewhere you go and respect that space, mm -hmm. yeah. especially in apartments. I, 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 I'm so glad you told me that because now I don't feel insane when I go in my house and I see an energy and I know it's right there and I know it's must be somebody else. I go and I talk to it and I say, Hey, I'm really trying to sleep. I would love it if you left me alone. You know, I'll leave out some bread for you or something, but mm -hmm. please just leave me alone. I don't want to bust out the holy water. Mm -hmm. We don't got to go there. Yeah. Now it's, um, as you continue to go to different places uh, through the years, you'll see what I'm talking about. And if you just kind of approach it as a human being with a heart, a conscience, you know, about what you're doing, don't be too pushy. Allow them the space to come to you and kind of talk to you because um, you get drained really bad mm -hmm. when you go into locations that haven't been really allowed to show who they are necessarily and it's all kind of bottled up and it's just waiting under the surface to reveal the things that they need to say are they trapped could be in some places do they need someone to help you know cross them over could be you know but we're not the divine ones mm -hmm. we are not like god we're just individual personalities that come into their space and we give them an avenue if they need to tell us something terrible that happened to them because they need that. Right. Then we need to listen. Now, do you all use sage or anything to help cleanse crystals or anything? No. Uh, well. We've been, <laughs> We've been around it, but mm -hmm. I personally don't. You don't. I so don't. how do you prep when you go into these places? You mentally. You get yourself. You got and, to have and that aura. up in your up in your psyche, know, yeah. Everything. You just have to put up Be your yourself. protection. Be welcoming. Just can't go into a place and just expect something to happen. Yeah, 
you know, like like we said a thousand times, do the research before you go to a location. Mm-hmm. Know what you what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. You don't. You the more you know about this location, the more comfortable you're going to be. Number mm-hmm. one, in case that opportunity happens, when you go in there and you mention a name or two, or you, you have knows. that. You have that. You're not going in blind. You, you you have that information that you need, and you're going to get. Nine times ten, you're going to get what you want. As long as the information is legit, you're going to go into a location. You're going to get the information from them. Like she said, they may just be wanting, maybe their last words may be going to you to help them move on. True. You don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You could be settling that person's soul. Mm-hmm. Just by just coming in there. Giving it to you. Wow. I never even But you have that, that piece of equipment. To have. You may have, her and I might have a zillion things on that recorder. But that could be that person's last wish. Wow, to move on. Sort of like you're exactly. giving them that avenue to move on. Maybe they didn't get that chance. You know, when they passed yeah. on, or they may not even know they're gone. So just be careful. You got to be respectful. Yeah, and, and we like her. Like I told you, that's what's happening to us. We had a lot of locations we couldn't get into because really? people before us would just ambush run them up, right? Uneducated. Yeah. So it, you roll this your is eyes. not a field you can just. Hey, that's gonna be ghost hunters tomorrow. <laughs> you know? This is not yeah. a field for entertainment. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was about to ask. It's yeah, history. It and you could be preserving history. What she does in that location has saved that location. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funds that yeah. these people pay. That money doesn't go in her pocket. No. That money goes to the Oliver House. Mm-hmm. The yeah. same thing with Elm Springs. We were gonna open it up as a paranormal location to get people to bring money to preserve this location because the government's not giving you money to preserve this right this is a donation that's awesome and what she does is preserving history so she's teaching history and preserving that they can easily come in there and go oh man this place is going to fall apart we're going to bulldoze it we're going to build apartments mm-hmm. don't think they don't want to do that mm-hmm. they do they do and the yeah. more people you can train to do this Paranormal investigation doesn't have to be about paranormal. Just preserve the history. The right side of the word out because they're not teaching this in school. Yeah, I love what she does and what Chuck did. Chuck was just he worked in history, you know. He did, but he preserved the history of Griffinville. Chuck put so much money in that location and saved that location more than you believe. That's awesome. But that's why we go to these locations. Yeah, we put the word out. Say, hey, man, you know, if, if we could save them all, we could, but. History is, is fading every single day. Mm-hmm. You guys got to. I think there should be more of you out there. And, and these TV shows, I give them a lot of credit. You know, a lot of things, what they do, I mean, I, mm-hmm. that's my personal belief. I mean, yeah. What they do is it's TV. I get it. They get your attention. But, this, you know, all in all, what they're doing is preserving that history because they're going to have other groups like us that are going to go in behind them yeah. to do that. I think it's so fascinating that you say that. Oh, we did the balloon experiment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I what is that? Footage of that? I think. What is the balloon experiment? Mm. It's not good. I don't so it's science. You know, it's easy. there's a lot of science in paranormal yeah. investigations too. Yeah, she builds a lot of stuff because she. Yeah. You, you got to know what we're walking into. Hey, keep it down over here. Um, Octagon Hall. Mm-hmm. We came in. We talked about this for what a week. Mm-hmm. We're like, what can we do? Because we knew there was a child entity. Yeah. We knew exactly. Because we've been there multiple times. We talked. We talked. What can we build? What can we do that's nobody ever done? What And what we're going to learn is, number one, can they see color? 
Whoa. can they see numbers or recognize yeah. numbers? So she's like, let's do helium balloons. Yeah. Let's do a red, a yellow, and a blue. I think it's red, yellow, and blue. On camera, we can't tell because they're all, mm -hmm. you know. I'll show you the picture I got on my phone. But we had so much interaction that night. It was mm -hmm. incredible. We know they can tell color, and we know they can read numbers. Mm -hmm. And we know that they have a cold air mass around them. So what happens to helium when the cold air mass gets close <gasps> wow. to it and it goes to touch it? The balloon will drop. Wow. That is Why insane. Do That's why you always drop. Wow, and then when they kids. go away from it, Give it a few seconds, it goes right back up. Because they're touching it. They're going like, wee. Yeah, but exactly. that's so cool. the air mass, too, will draw that to mm -hmm. do that, too. Wow. Because they're, we had her pushing the balloon back and forth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, that is. She was literally like, okay, can you push the number one balloon? We put marker on you know, balloons. Number Whoa. One. Okay. That balloon would literally push to that person that was sitting next to them. It did. And we're like, well, can you do the red balloon? Can you? Manipulate the red balloon. Mm -hmm. You, you got to have patience because it's not going to happen like that. Mm -hmm. Eventually, that red balloon. I think it's she it pushed it down or did something. I think she bit, pushed and it, then to it the went forward. And she's okay. and now, now this thing's got a little weight on it, but it was pushed. The mm -hmm. whole thing moved. Mm -hmm. So it was literally she was pushing the balloon, and the That's whole weight insane. was slid across the floor. That's so insane. So they can see numbers and colors. Okay, but we don't. And memory. We, we didn't know. We were trying to, we were banging our heads together like, what can we do? And then she's like, then we're trying to determine if we do Mylar, because we think we did Mylar too in the location. We did that inside we of did, old, Pittsburgh, uh, old, old South Pittsburgh. Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. What is that? A Mylar. Fayetteville, right? That's or where it was. Because it was in the surgery oh. room, I think it was. It was in the surgery area. Yeah. We put it on the operating table. Oh, what that, is that, that thing? Places. And we filled the room with fog and a laser grid. And Wow. We set up, um, we set up a camera. It was a camera because it kept going out, uh, and, and we it heard kept the footsteps. Mapping. It was a mapping camera. mapping kit because we had the uh, mm -hmm. it was the old Xbox mapping Xbox kit. Mapping. This was before SLRs. That's so. That, but that was the stepping stone SLR. I had traveled to the Palmer House Hotel in Minnesota a couple of weeks after that, and we had this anomalous <laughs> stuff on the video, and I needed to ask Bill Chapel. Yeah. Because he started using the SLS for ghost adventures. Mm -hmm. That's where he started picking You'll see Bill Chapel on the opening. He's an older guy with the white hair. Yeah. 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 So, and he doesn't believe in the paranormal at all. So He's skeptic. Yeah. So I showed him the video footage that we had done, and I explained the experiment, and he explained to me what we were seeing was multiple energies mapping at one time, and they were trying to enter that space. It was creating that big <laughs> It's like they that big blue yeah. <laughs> burst of light. And uh, so he says, what's the balloons there? I said, that's an experiment, Bill. <laughs> I said, cold air. He was like, that's pretty smart. It's genius. Yeah. Another thing you can do that Nick Groff and um, Elizabeth Saint, when they came to the house, I had started a piano experiment. Okay. It's, you can buy these online. Mm -hmm. Just roll out a little piano <gasps> that you walk on. The mass. sensors. And yeah. they can ding, 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 ding. They can walk across that's, that and yeah. play that and stuff. Yeah. That's stairs. You know, wherever. Right? We used to put sensors on stairs. That's insane. Or anywhere. You can vibration sensors or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like I said, I like the fun little. She'll tell you. I mean, I always had a little fun. I always tried to find those little gadgets. You know, just to. It helps because then you know yeah, where they're at. Sure. Right. You can get to that location to where they're at mm -hmm. um, and when there's children involved you make it a game mm -hmm. so and you, treat you it like can kids. buy equipment like that has music boxes and stuff on it 
Yeah. Where they get close to it and wave over it. They'll play the music boxes and set them up in different areas and make it into a game. You can get them laughing on the audio. I love that. And that helps you those can, kids. That's yeah, beautiful. it gives them something to that. play with that's new. Makes them comfortable with the equipment too. Mm-hmm. So it don't matter what time period you're in. I mean, a kid's going to recognize a toy. Yeah, period. Yeah. That's so Especially amazing. if, like you said, if we had the bear for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boo Bear. Boo Bear. Boo Bear would light up. That's so cool. <laughs> that tickles is that you holding my hand are you making it cold in here and boo bear i get to answer in him sometimes i'm like i forget he's for the energy <laughs> so I'm like, i didn't do it <laughs> but um he's so soft yeah and um one of the things i always found to be kind of fun with our investigations when people would buy tickets to them we'd have these big hockey players and football players and stuff that come out you know for the paranormal night and with their friends and stuff and they all the big guys would go and get the teddy bear and walk around the house holding oh that gosh. teddy bear because they felt like safe as a kitten holding that that's that boo bear like boo bear was going to tell them the big guy that's so good. funny <laughs> but they do that stuff i, I would just, do that it cracks me up every single time and they do Christy, before we wrap up, um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Like what shows can they watch where they can, you know, see the stuff that you do? Do you have social media where they can find you? How do we contact you? Well, you can, uh, you can contact us uh, either via my email address, which is Oliver House Christy, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can also find us on Facebook at this time. We mm-hmm. have the Oliver House MA Facebook page. And I am generally the one that answers all the messenger messages that come through there, uh, as well as the email. And I'm the one that will help schedule the appointments uh, when we're open. Mm-hmm. After our COVID restrictions, we're going to start back up with the paranormal investigations for the house very soon. And there is a list oh of teams wow. waiting to get in there. Um, I can tell you, I do feel like that the house is going to be ready um, because it's been quiet for yeah. so long. So they're going to be really antsy wow, you know, yes. and excited to actually have conversation and have people interacting with them again. That's amazing. <clears throat> uh, you can, you know, just kind of search social media, you know, the Google, the internet, you can see uh, some of the work that I've done on Kindred Spirits. That would be season one, episode four, I think, um, in that one. I think it's four or five. You never hear me talk. You see me for a few seconds, but a holographic projection experiment that I worked on for Adam and Amy. I did that for that show and a couple of others that season. Um, and then recently we did one with Kindred Spirits called Zombie Boy. That is their season five, episode two. Also, you can find me on YouTube if you Google um, Haunt Me. Mm-hmm. episode uh, one of season six. six yes. Uh, that was filmed with Grant Wilson and Tom Brilliant. Allen and the team. It was a great time. Good show. I love that show. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of a lot of podcasts <laughs> and everything all over. So just kind of keep doing them. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I really appreciate you for coming and doing this, Eric. Thank sure. you so much for setting this up welcome. for us. We appreciate it. This is a great episode. I mean, I just feel like we could go on and on with this topic I mean, the there's days. so much there's so much um, but Go ahead. yeah but thanks guys for tuning in um again this is christy parish we got eric mink and uh your co-host stevie and julian here with all our friends are brainwashed and until next time you guys have a great week <laughs>